tick right now. That's good. All right, we're going to start. Ready? Three, two. Get that thing out of here. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this, another exciting episode of the Legion of Myth live stream. See, I had to go down there because basically it sounded extreme. It was nice. It was nice. Yep, with your hosts, Alex Garthon Marsh and Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer. The, yeah. the heathenest of all dogs. The That's doggiest right. of all heathens. All right, so... Yeah, either way is good. <laughs> on the show today, we have segments. We have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma. We're talking about the Call of Cthulhu RPG Fundamentals. Mythos Magic. Got special voice for that, too. <laughs> God, that was comic full. Duck and I had already called it. Amazing Spider-Man 31, New Superman 14, and Secret Empire number 8. The, the greatest comic series ever told. I will actually. Secret Empire. I will say this: Secret Empire number eight is the best Secret Empire issue yet. Wow, they really turn it around. <laughs> you know, when your bar is that low, you, just kind of, you could fall over it and be okay. You know, yep. you're still gonna win. <laughs> After that, on the RNG, we're gonna talk about the Legion of Myth and Foundry Roundtable Star Trek Online giveaway contest, where you, my friends. Lovers of Star Trek Online, which you should be because it's a fantastic game, can win in-game stuff from the Legion of Myth and Foundry Roundtable. Right, and the, the final, the third and final code word will be in this stream, so keep your eyes peeled. At some point, it will happen. But I make no promises. So, how have you been, Heathen Dog? It's been forever since we talked. Oh, yeah, it's been a whole 30 minutes. It has. We just uh. got off of the uh, Foundry Roundtable, uh, where we were their special guests, and we were very pleased to do that, very proud of that. Um, as I've said before to Heathen Dog and others, I've been listening to that their podcast, the audio version of their streams, for about a year and a half, maybe longer. Yeah. And You're a big fanboy. I am a fanboy. I actually, like, dream, like, man, I wish I could be on this show and talk to them. And I was, so it was, you know, that's off the bucket list. Got your wish. Not very high goals, I know. But I was very <laughs> proud to be there. And the Foundry Roundtable authors are great. Uh, they build a great community for everyone who enjoys Star Trek Online or building missions. Uh, they're all very supportive of new authors. And so they've even made me interested in making a mission, which will be terrible, but someday it'll be done. Someday. Someday. They just got to keep stacking things on top of each other until it's good. That's right. Just like Purity 6. It'll happen someday. I promise. <laughs> no, you're... <laughs> Purity happened, though. I was like, I said it was cool and fun to have us on there. I'm glad they, we could be hey. there. Well, thanks, Doug. Thank you, Doug. All right. Disclaimer time, though. To make uh -oh. everyone safe. This is a safe space. Unlike Charlottesville, apparently. Uh, the opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization, as it exists as a pan-galactic entity throughout space and known time. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasions of foul or offensive language. Thank you for understanding and continued viewership. All right. That worked out really well. I did. I like that. With a special hand signal. I feel safe. I do. No, like no, this is, this is me feeling safe. Oh, I thought this was your, like, special, you know, Zoltan salute. 
No, no, it was me all bundled up in, in the safeness of our disclaimer. Oh, okay. That works too. Uh, if you want to, as always, if you want to see more of the Legion of Myth or the guys there and gals therein, you can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth, where we have live streams every day of the week, including Sunday. Crazy. Uh, YouTube.com slash Legion of Myth. Well, slash Legion of Myth. You can check us you out know, on... You know, wait, wait. You know how many how many videos we have on our YouTube page right now? Uh, how many? I don't even want to guess. Over 830. That's insane. What are we I doing? know, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just poop one out all the time. I don't know what's going uh, on. Some of them are even good. Wow. Uh, <laughs> we work occasionally on that. <laughs> I will say that all the Foundry Roundtable team-ups, all the Foundry team-ups are good. Yes. They are. They're all brilliant. Yes, just, uh, it's, it's like they came from heaven. That's they what did. I, it's like a guy with a long beard came down from the mountaintop with a tablet with YouTube on it showing those videos. That's how good it is. Digital Moses. All right. Uh, you can also check Facebook.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. Uh, tweet us at Legion of Myth. We will tweet you back if we feel like mm -hmm. it. Uh, Discord. Send us a message. We'll invite you if we like you. Uh, Facebook <laughs> Messenger. Just go to Facebook. Send us a message. Or through our Steam group. at steamcuner.com slash group slash Legion of Myth. And the audio yep. version of this podcast is available through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Find audio aggregators everywhere if you listen through itunes go ahead and drop us a review uh five stars would really help us out and we'd do it for you and All we right. would spell enter enterprise correctly enterprise <laughs> <laughs> so many bad missions but there's so many it's good true. missions so i love the foundry. i know right uh whatever <laughs> you know i actually made a, a foundry mission in neverwinter online Good for you. It was based off the episode of Ghostbusters where uh, the guy uh, wishes for all the chickens to go to hell. Hey. Anyway, uh, if you want to support the Legion of Myth, and after that, why wouldn't you? You can, uh, you can check us out at twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Uh, subscribe through Patreon. Look for patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. Streamlabs donations through twitch.streamlabs.com slash Legion of Myth. Directly through PayPal. PayPal.me slash Legion of Myth. Or by getting our gear, which is super hip and all the kids dig it. It is, um, as they once said, on fleek at LON Gear. <laughs> We're too old to say that. We're too old to say that. We know we are. And no one even says it anymore. I can say oh, it's no. sick. Everyone still says it's sick. That's true. That's Tony true. Hawk yeah. says it's sick. And that, he's that's in his from 40s. Way back he's hip. Yeah. Uh, but shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. High quality goods. As Ethan Dog was showing us earlier. But now... Get all the ladies. Uh, we'll talk about more stuff in RNG about it random, but for right now, we're going to talk about Chaos! Ooh. Ethan Dog's Call of Cthulhu explanation of ancient horror based on 5th edition Chaos Team rules. Call of Cthulhu coming at ya. That's right. This is an amazing game. Uh, it's mostly for flavor. I love it. Now... Uh, the reason I say based on 5th edition Cassian was because that's the book I own. But according to the Cassian website, they're up to 7th edition now and is all compatible, all backward compatible. So you can still use these 5th edition uh, scenarios and characters and stuff in this in the 7th edition format, which is great. I love it. But today... And, and also, if you're playing older editions, no one's going to come yep. and throw your old books away. You can still use those. No. Yes, please do. Please use them up. Use them until they, they fall apart. Like real, you know... Call of Cthulhu Mythos books. Speaking of that, we're going to be talking about magic, specifically Mythos magic. Now, what is Mythos magic? Well, I'm going to tell you. Uh, mythos magic is uh, basically like super science. It's kind of like uh, 
uh, Star Trek. It went went back to uh, caveman days, and a tricorder would be the epitome of magic from the sun gods or whatever. It their their science is so advanced, it seems like magic. So we just call it that. Yeah, we, we so we just call it that. That's great. Now the eh, it's not supposed to be used by people. It's it's a different different uh, mindset. It. They, they come at the universe in a completely different way, 90 degrees than, than what humans think of it. So all of their thoughts, all of their, all of their uh, science or magic uh, basically hurts the human brain. Now, uh, I'm going to get into that a little later. You're really going really to feel that in, uh, a little later. But uh, uh, all, all of this magic is based on your power attribute. Okay, now th- this is this is how much how much uh, magical energy you have stored in your body. It's kind of like a I don't want to say life force, but uh, because it's it's uh, it comes back after a day or so, you know. So you can use it. It's kind of like uh, uh, if if you're used to playing like a World of Warcraft stuff like that, kind of like mana, you know. It, it comes back, you know, so you can use it over and over again. Uh, th- this the the main magic here is for summoning things. Oh. God, you can summon almost anything in this place. You can you really create wards. Shouldn't though. No, no, probably get that too. You really should. You can make enchanted items. You can, uh, uh, you can cause blight. You, you, you can cause uh, crops to grow. You can, you know, pretty much anything and everything you want to do, you can do. Now it sounds cool. It sounds great. It's like, wow, how do I sign up? Well, then we go to the bad part because bad part? mythos magic. Yeah, mythos magic is actually awful, and it goes so wrong so quickly. Every spell that you learn is going to cost way too much over the benefits. Cost in sanity, cost in time, cost in... You could have done it better uh, uh, if, you, if you went the non-magic route. You just needed it fast, okay? That, that is the keeper's rub. That, that's how he gets you to use magic, all right? Uh, l- l- let's say that uh, you can do a spell, and in five minutes, you can accomplish what it would normally take you to do, say, five months. And a sweet. lot of people... Yeah, a, a lot of people's lives would be saved in the process, but by using this magic, you have gone down the 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 really really steep and slippery slope of madness. Summoning especially, summoning gets bad real quick because uh whatever you summon is usually so alien to your human your pathetic human brain that even seeing it costs you more sanity. Well, isn't it true <laughs> that most of these you summon have no reason to do anything you say anyway? No, uh, all almost all of the summoning spells are summon slash bind. Oh, okay. So not, they, yeah, so not only the do you older edition, them, but they're also bound to your will. I know. I remember the old editions where you had to summon oh, yeah. it and then bind it. And if you went yeah. insane between those times, you had a lot of problems. Did you did? No, they they got rid of that. People were like, "Come on, man! I mean, I summoned it. Now I got to do another roll just to make sure it doesn't eat me. Come on." That's, so they sounds yeah. through the wish to me. <laughs> exactly, and all these spells are really horrible. Just blood, blood curdling awfulness. I mean, uh, I, I get, I get some example spells later on, but uh, they're they're all terrifying. So not, not only do the people you cast them on have to have to make sanity checks, but you have to make sanity checks too because you did this to a living person. And this is this is not like D and D people. I mean, uh, sure you have the whole power slash mana attribute, but uh, every time you cast a spell you lose sanity every single time. You can't just throw fireball, fireball, fireball. Oh, I'm done for the day. I'm good. I'm good for, you know, tomorrow morning. I can do it all again. No. Uh, if, if you cast a spell every day for 12 days straight, you're probably going to go completely and irrevo- irrevocably insane. Eh. 
that's the way it is. So the, the Cthulhu Call of Cthulhu is not a high magic world at all. You're not going to like it. At least not now, for you. Yeah, not for you. Now we go into how do you learn spells? How do you get them in the first place? Well, Why there's would you do that books. to yourself? Exactly. Why would you do that? Okay. Now, here's the thing. You get a mythos book. All right. Now, it doesn't have to be big, the big bad Necronomicon or anything like that. But even even some minor mythos book tomes can have spells in that. But here's here's the rub in learning a spell. All right. First, you have to find the book. You have to read the book. You lose sanity by reading the book. All right. Then you have to you have to identify the spell in the book. Then you have to learn the spell. You lose sanity for learning the spell. Now you have the spell. You can cast it. Fine. I want to cast it. Boom. You cast it. You lose sanity for casting it. So why did I do this in the first place? Well, eventually well, you go insane because... enough where it sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, if, when, once you have zero sanity, you can no longer lose sanity. <laughs> the problem is, yeah, the problem is you're also not a player character anymore. So, there's that. Yeah. So, uh, mythos spells are very powerful, but... You're not throwing them around like you're not throwing them around like lightning bolts. All right. Well, the party needs happen. villains anyway. Someone had to step up. Yeah. There you go. Now, what's the end result of all this? Well, what is go, it? You go absolutely nutters. That's you go nutters every time you cast you lose sanity. It doesn't like seeing a ghoul. All right. For the first time, you lose sanity. But once you once you lose the maximum amount of sanity you can see for you you can lose for seeing a ghoul, you no longer lose it because your brain's gotten used to it. That's true. That's not the same for spells. Okay? It's not the same. You lose sanity every time you cast a spell, even if you've lost <laughs> the maximum you, amount. Even if you've cast it before? Lost the Even if you've cast it before. Yep. It's too bad. You did it again. <laughs> you wanted it. still can't you take it. it. That's right. So eventually, you will go to zero if you start casting willy-nilly. You will go full-on Harvey Dent. And uh, the reason I put that in there is because uh, you either – you either die with a good guy or live long enough to become the bad guy. And that's exactly what, what mythos magic does to you. Yeah, you either die in a, in a heroic blaze of glory or you live long enough to become the villain. And that's, what, that's what's going to happen with this. Now, uh, when, we, uh, when, when I said earlier we're going to get into some of the spells, we are. We are going to get into some of the spells. But, but uh, right now, I, I want to tell you why these spells exist. I mean, Why do these spells do... exist? Yeah. Humans didn't make these, obviously. The, the, the creatures in the, in the Cthulhu mythos made these, and they gave them to people. Why? Well, because they titled creatures... them How to Serve Man. And they... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, mythos creatures don't like humans that much. All right? They basically want to eat us or take us over or don't care about us at all. But if they all get right, summoned, so they can come eat us. Yeah, exactly, right? Yay. No, but uh, so whatever, whatever spells they, they give out are horrible. I mean, they're sure, yeah, they're, they will do something for you right now, but in the long run, they will corrupt you and kill you and bring a, and bring about a horrible ending to what to what you thought was going to be your heroic moment. For some reason, right. I just had this vision of like they crafted this spell, like wow, that spell's really terrible, Chuck. I know it barely works; it drives you insane if you try and cast it. Let's give it to the humans. Oh hell, that'll be funny. Exactly. Our non-insane <laughs> spells will keep. Like that, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, they they give out the magic. They dole it out, and of course, human beings who who don't care about tomorrow just eat it up like candy, and we end up in the end going completely insane and serving them as followers, Ser serving these these mythos creatures as followers, creating cults, and uh, everyone in the cult learns a spell, then they go irrevocably insane, and then bring more people in, and that's what they're looking for. They're, they're looking for the destruction of our world and way of life, and mythos magic does that for them. And we do it to ourselves and all these creatures know it and they count on it. 
Now, some example spells. Okay, this is uh, this is some of the example spells I got. Living clothes. All right, it, it turns. The, I know, right? It it turns whatever whatever clothing the target is wearing into a living thing. Oh, like, uh, okay. yeah, let, uh, let's say you're wearing you're wearing a trench coat. It turns the tr- the trench coat into a bag of muscle and flesh that's cold and clammy, and then it will it will actually grip itself and squeeze you to death. Well, I assume you don't cast this on yourself. No, you probably don't want to do that. Right. Probably don't want to do that. Now, as you can see, it costs eight magic points to cast. And every time you cast it, you lose a D10 sanity. Every time. That's a lot. It is a lot. Flesh Ward. This one's great. It gives you uh, 1D6 magic armor, right? That's that great. Nice. I mean, yeah. Yeah, armor against everything, against all non-magical attacks. That's great. It costs one magic point per D6 of armor. So if you pop in five magic points, you get five D6 armor. That's up to 30 points of armor. Ping, 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 ping. That's great. And you only lose a D4 sanity. You're going to be using that all day, right? That's how they get you. <laughs> First time That's how they get you. Exactly. This thing is so remarkably useful in almost every situation that you're going to use it daily. And then there's the, there's your slippery slope. Sliding right down to the insanity train. Next thing you know, you're summoned dimensional, dimensional shamblers. Speaking of summoning, we have the, the bike uh, So summon and bind the bike Now, uh, the, it's very important to note that all of the, all of the names of these spells are, are in the book, but the keeper has to give it a different name. Like, like summon, bind, uh, uh, bike would be, would be actually called to the player, something like um, control the space space chicken or whatever you know whatever log thing it wouldn't be called summon bind it would be called you know c- c- uh, control the horrible space chicken from the, from the outer outer limits of of uh, depths of destruction or whatever you know it, it would have some kind of uh uh flowy flowy uh, title to it instead call, of just call living motherless goat of the woods there you go it'd be, it'd be something like that now these things are cool it's a flying space monster so you, you call That's it down, cool. it comes down from space, and it comes down. Now, it costs one magic point per 10% chance of summoning success. Mm. So if you want 100%, you can't have 100%. You can only have 96% for summoning spells is the maximum. So uh, you spend 10, 10 magic points, and you can have a 96% chance to, to successfully summon this thing. And when you do, just casting the spell, you lose a D3 sanity. And then when this thing comes... If you haven't seen it before or haven't taken the maximum sanity loss for seeing this thing, you lose more sanity just because you're seeing it it's awful but these things are insanely powerful so there's benefit in summoning it there's always benefit in these spells that's the trick they always none of these spells are useless they're all very powerful they all work they all work 100 percent of the time every time but they're all geared to make you absolutely crazy that's the end result yep there yep. you go that's that's bad it is bad, yeah. Now, let's see how it works. We're going to go and see. I have right here. Remember Matthew? Vaguely. Ma- Matthew McNally. All right, oh, now. Yes, if yes. We, yes, if we, if we remember him from uh, from when I started the Call of Cthulhu thing, uh, Matthew uh, tried to surprise his family by uh, coming home early, and he found his, his father tied up to a chair. And tortured to death, yes. And, and tortured and his mother and sister tied up as well watching this all for the contents of a safe well uh matthew came in uh won won the fight with the attacker and his, his father died but the safe was open but nothing was taken well after the police leave he wondered about the safe so he he took the thing from the safe he finds a book along with his father's notes about the book 
right? So he reads his father's notes and he says that that the, in the notes is this this book is his family's legacy from generations back. And it's important to pass it on to Matthew one day, which is him. So it's okay, so so he re, he goes to read the book. Well, this book is an ancient, it's an ancient uh, Latin. It's really hard. It takes months to actually decipher this book. All right. And in doing so, when you read any mythos tome, you lose sanity. So this particular book is a D6. D6 sanity loss for just reading it, not doing anything in it, just freaking reading it. So we roll for that and he gets five. Good job, Matthew. He loses five sanity for reading this book. Now he understands what the book is. The 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 book uh is is all about success of a family line how to how to how to basically summon summon uh, powers from from ancient deities to to give you wealth uh um and uh, uh what's that word i'm blanking on to success uh, power wealth wealth success power all throughout the family all throughout the family line uh go, going forward generations That's pretty and slick. he finds a spell cast the die of avarice now this spell uh, from what he he gathered from from reading the book, uh, allows you to uh, to have any any big venture that you go into to be successful, to be profitable. And he he finds out that this is how his father and his grandfather and his great grandfather have stayed successful in business all throughout the generations. They've used this spell. All right. All right, so Matthew decides to learn the spell. Now he's read the book and he's read the spell, but now he's got to learn it. And now this takes more sanity for learning the spell. This one, this one's only going to be a D4. So he rolls it and he rolled one. Okay, he, lo he lost one more sanity. All right, but now he knows the spell, cast the die of avarice. Now he knows exactly how, how his, his family has remained rich and he knows why that attacker wanted this book so badly. But now he has to decide what to do with it. Now, now that he knows the spell, exactly how to do it, he realizes that he has to sacrifice a blood relative to make the spell work. Dun, dun, dun. So he has to sacrifice either his mother or his sister to continue the line. Now, every generation, this has to happen. Okay, If it doesn't happen, the spell backfires. Oh, that would be bad. So you will, be, you will become d destitute and ruined. If you don't perpetuate the magic, the magic turns on you. Well, would the so mother count? To what to do. Does she, yes, she... because she is his blood relative. All right, fair enough. Yes, it, it's the blood relative of the caster. Can they find a cousin they don't like? Yeah, they could do that. Sure. <laughs> no one likes yeah. Cousin Stinky. No, Cousin Stinky, he always picks his nose. I swear he eats it. So, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and, and sacrifice him to the old gods. Hey, well, that's they, then they can stop photoshopping him out of the pictures, you know. Right. Now, uh... He, uh, Matthew has lost six sanity just by reading the book and learning a spell. All right, so his sanity went from 79 to 73. And because he, uh, he, learned, he, learned, um, uh, he learned mythos books, he actually now gets a Cthulhu mythos uh, stat. Uh, for, for this particular book, you gain 11% in Cthulhu mythos. Oh, how so nice. Look over. Yes, that's great. So let's see, mythos, 11%. Okay, good for you, Matthew. And his maximum sanity that he could possibly have is was 99. Now it's 88 because he... Because <laughs> yeah. 
that mythos is permanently have... knocking sanity out of his head. Exactly. However much mythos uh, lore you have, that takes away from your ceiling of sanity. So instead of 99, now he has 88 because he has 11 mythos lore. So he can never be as sane as he, as he could have been earlier. He just knows but too much. That's, that's how magic. And every time he casts a spell, he only, luckily he only has to cast a spell one time, but he has to kill a relative. So this is a high impact spell. This is a, you know, casting this spell is probably going to be a 2d4 or a d10 sanity loss. But luckily you only have to do it once. No, that's nice. Yeah. That's but then whoever, uh, whatever children you have have to do it. Like I said, once every generation. His father hadn't done it yet, so it falls on to him. Now he has to choose. I mean, uh, does he keep his family living living posh and good a good life, or does he not do the spell and, and have, have them go into go ruin? Broke. Exactly. Have have his entire family go into ruin. His businesses go all belly up, and all the people get laid off and out of work and go into horrible opioid uh, dependency, and it, it's all bad. I mean, it's good. Whatever, whatever bad thing could happen, it's going to happen if he doesn't do the spell, and he knows that. So that that's the rub. I mean, and that that that's what the player and the keeper have to decide what's going forward. What's going to be Matthew's story? Is he going to is he going to perpetuate the uh, this uh, uh, ritual that has been going on for several generations in his family, even though it has a horrible high price at the cost of his own sanity and and his own probably sleepless nights or is he going to take the high road cause his family to ruin but no longer you know do the works uh do do the works of evil that he was supposed to he can stop that horrible horrible line and maybe his children or his children's children can come out of this curse on the other side clean it's all up to him he can choose now of course this is this is a call of cthulhu game so he's probably going to choose poorly yeah no one's going to come out clean on this now no, no, no one's going to come out clean on this side. This, this, this isn't like Shawshank. Or, you know, he, when, once you once you go through the river of poo, you just smell like poo forever. Yeah, pretty much. That's it. So uh, we think about all this stuff is bad about magic. Why would anyone use it? Well, like I said earlier, it's a quick fix. Uh, the, the, the keeper is only going to give you magic that is useful to give you uh, a, a, a quick fix to a situation. You know, like, hey, if you use this, everything will turn out fine much faster you can get out of this situation wouldn't that be nice exactly wouldn't that be nice come on if you learn this spell you'll be able to beat the bad guy in, in two minutes or you have to you have to go around about you know collect all the pieces of his of his soul put him put him in one place and then kill him kill him with this enchanted dagger or you can just snap your fingers and cast a spell and he's gone for for ten thousand years which one would you choose well well the, the magic option keeps me alive and keeps him gone for ten thousand years I'd probably choose that. Oh, you lose sanity, you lose sanity, and you lose more sanity. Then you lose sanity for casting it, and the keeper's got you. Now your your character's going going the quick fix. You know he's he's going uh, to he's he wants the easy solution. That that's how that's how attempting mythos magic is because it is the easy solution. Very true. There you go. Yes, that and is so, that is. And so the, sacrificing magic. hamsters because they're you know evolutionarily related wouldn't wouldn't fly then duncan i was nope, trying that one he's going to go up to three hamsters all right <laughs> usually uh, animal sacrifice is a uh, is a very low low uh, low on the totem pole type spell you know but uh for for really really powerful spells you need a human sacrifice or multiple human sacrifices to get it to go 
And his, and as his mother is not a hamster and his father does not smell of elderberry, it's not he's not going to be able to do so. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Ethan Dog. That's uh, certainly a terrifying look at the world awesome. of ma- magic in Call of Cthulhu. Well, that was nice. Now, I, the magic system in Call of Cthulhu I always found really fascinating. It is very much a hey, this works, but is it worth it? And usually the answer exactly. is no. But it might seem you short should, term. You should always, always say no. But there's always one character in the party who's going to go, yeah, that's a really good idea. Oh, no, we could, we could really get through this. I don't think we'll make it otherwise. I, I don't really think we should. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna, I'm going to do it. I'll miss you. Yeah, I want no exactly. part of that. You're going to end up being the bad guy. <laughs> I'll make sure to shoot <laughs> you in the head when, you have, when your sanity goes drops too low. Yep. Ah, so thank you. Is there any final words on magic in Call of Cthulhu? Uh, I would say never use it, but a smart keeper is going is going to make sure at least somebody is tempted by it, tempted so much that they say yes, yes, please. Well, magic in a Call of, Call of Cthulhu game is like drugs in a cyberpunk game. Yeah. And the answer, you know, in the famously in the 2013 cyberpunk book, it actually said, what's a cyberpunk game without drugs? And the answer, a lot safer. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. If you want more Heathen Dogma, and you should, Heathen Dog is on YouTube. Go to YouTube and look up Legion of Myth, Heathen Dog, anime and RPG segments, team-ups with that Garthon guy. Uh, look at past streams of his leveling up of Buck Fats McCool as he saved Starfleet, sort of. And sort also, of? you can check Heathen Dog's current stream of Darkest Dungeon, where it just oh, never man, gets better. Oh, man, that my butt. Oh, <laughs> it's so God. Funny. It's awful. It's, I mean, it's great. It's awful. And it's a great oh, game, but it's God. funny watching you get your butt kicked. Oh, so it pisses me off so much. You don't have enough I lepers. I love it, though. You need more lepers in your party. I, I hate lepers. Lepers are <laughs> awful. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. But now we're going to move on to something else, something to warm you in the cockles of your heart. It didn't play. Why didn't it play? Play it. I played it. It didn't want to play. Whatever. All right. I'll try it. Got I hit play and it didn't make any noise. Yes, there's no noise. Why isn't that working? I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. We're going to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man number 31, written by Dan Slott, pencils by Stuart Immerman, uh, inker is Wade Von Grobadger. That's a good name. And the that's cover... A, that's an unfortunate name is what that is. <laughs> uh, covers by Alex Ross, who everyone loves because he's Alex Ross, and he does great okay. art. This scene actually pretty much appears in the comic. Not exactly, but pretty oh, much. Oh, get out. Get close, out. Close to that happens. Wow, that's impressive. It is impressive. All right, so when we last left our hero, uh, Dr. Octopus was effectively taking control of Parker Industries. He had shut down their three main offices. All that was left was the London office, where he was taking over. Spider-Man had tried to mass a counterattack with his Spider-Mobiles, uh, driven by his most trusted staff members. Doc Ock computer overrided them because all the technology is based on his work. And... There's a lot of back and forth between the two of them about, this is my company. No, it's my company. I created it. Blah, blah. Eventually, old Spidey figures out that Doc Ock is not exactly there under Hydra sanction exactly. He's there. He's supposed to take down Parker Industries, and his version of taking down Parker Industries is to take control of it uh, by going into the last uh, major office building they have because that's where all the data backups would have gone to when the others went down. So we can access all the data, all the passwords, all the industry, everything, and control it and take control of Parker Industries and make it Otto Octavius Industries. I Sounds guess. like a good plan. Yeah, it's not a bad plan. Um, 
while doing so, uh, well, he's about to start doing that when Peter Parker figures out what he's doing. So he gets uh, one of his staff members who wasn't paralyzed by the uh, – he manages to override Doc Ock's control of her vehicle. Gets her to fight Doc Ock while he goes in, changes his civil clothes, and sends out a company-wide bulletin to everyone saying, hey – Otto Octavius is trying to mount a truly hostile takeover of the company. He's going to yeah. use all of our data against us. He's going to sink our company. So what we need to do is destroy all of our data immediately. Park Industries is done. Company's bankrupt right now. Destroy it all. So he has his employees delete all the file, all the files. Any research gone. Everything gone. Delete it. Burn the files. Burn nuclear the file option. servers. Yeah, nuclear option. And when he's doing that, he say, okay, I never thought I'd have to pull this out, but it's. It's an emergency. And he opens, has a box, and you don't see what... Well, it's a, it's a very nice locked, you know, little safe, you know. You don't see what's in it, of course. It's a mystery. After which, Doc Ock, when he sees what's happening, like, what the hell are you doing? Are you insane? This this is your life's work, my life's work. What are you doing, you idiot? Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you would burn it to the ground. And he's like, ha, ha, ha. No, no, no. Yeah, pretty much like, ha, 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 ha. And he goes back to fight him, and Doc Ock blasts him with a... Uh, a massive EMP blast that's a uh, physical and EMP. So it actually blows the suit right off of him, his super techno armored suit. He's like, ha ha, this will destroy your suit. You fool, you, I invented that technology you're wearing and just blast it off him. And then he, instead of, he expects to see Parker like, you know, in his undies. And instead he's wearing his old cloth Spider-Man suit. That's what was in the box. It's like, oh, I guess I'm going back to basics, Doc. And you thought you'd catch me under ruse? Haha. So it's a really neat scene. It's like, and by the way, when you blast me with that, that was the same signal using to block all of my communications and control my vehicles, isn't it? Good thing my guys are still watching for that. And they use that same signal to override his control and beat the snot out of him so he runs. So in the end, Peter Pyrrhic Parker, victory. Pyrrhic victory. Peter Parker loses everything. He's a bum again, um, which is kind of where you like Peter Parker. Because Dr. Octopus actually, throughout these last few issues, made a lot of very poignant statements in that you didn't build this, you're living off of what I built, and you're not doing that good a job. All the technology you have, you're iterating off of what I built, and you're not doing a very good job. You're losing employees, you're losing your best people, people I hired, because you're not as good a boss as I was. You know, it's He made a lot of very good points that Peter Parker really couldn't argue with. So in one way, so I know I'm losing everything. In another way, it's, but I didn't build it anyway. I always kind of felt like a faker anyway, so uh, burn it to the ground. Yeah, that's exactly what he does. Uh, Aunt May's a little upset because she was running the charitable, con the Uncle Ben Foundation, which was helping a lot of people, and that's gone now. That's gone. Yep, yeah. that's gone. So she's really upset about that until she, when she's like on the ground level, like, what's going on? No, this needs to stop. Um, she actually ends up talking to the mother of, one of the employees who was actually physically fighting Doc Ock in her vehicle. And her life was saved by the Uncle Ben Foundation. And she basically convinces that, talks to Aunt May and says how wonderful it's been, and, but how you have to stand up for your kids when they're doing something, you know, and they're blah, 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 blah. So basically, like, it, what goes at Aunt May's opinion turns from, what is this, what is this Spider-Man idiot doing crushing the business? What, why is Peter Parker shutting down Parker Industries and the Uncle Ben Foundation, all the good we've done, to, well, I, I, he did what he had to do to protect everyone. So, yeah, it's all right. I, I don't. Aunt May's transformation in the more the past few years I don't really like. She's got well. Aunt May has gone from the nagging, 
well, I shouldn't say nagging, but she was like an old biddy in her little apartment in Brooklyn. Peter, don't do that. I'm worried about you. Oh, my heart. You know, she was, you know, it's kind of stereotype. That's how she was. Um, Peter was her only link to her family. Uh, her husband was dead. Her brother and sister were dead. You know, every, everyone's dead. Well, she was married to the family. Basically, everyone's dead. She's it. All she has left is Peter. That's her, that's her world. And that's why she was always on him, like, oh, you didn't study get good grades, Peter. Why are you out so late? I don't like that Spider-Man. And now she's like some jet-setting, super confident. It's like, that's not how the character's been. That's more of how she was in, in Ultimate Spider-Man, but that was a whole different world. And it's okay. It's just, if you grew up reading the old... It's a stark contrast, yeah. it's yeah. a very stark contrast how it was. The characters very much changed. Peter Parker's character changed a little bit, but that's a really big change. Um, she's not nearly as frail as she was, and I guess... Not, not all little old ladies are frail, I know, but that was kind of her thing. Anyway, uh, I liked the book. I liked kind of the getting back to basics it looks like they're doing because the post-Secret Empire, they're going to be doing the Marvel Legends, Rebirth, whatever they're calling it, where they're putting the comic book numbers back to legacy numbers, so Spider will be at like 720-something, 750-something. Um, and they're taking all the characters back to basics. Okay. So that's kind of the, the way to get there. He's like going to be losing everything and staying in a crappy apartment in Brooklyn. I'm guessing. We'll see. Anyway, uh, as for star rating, I'll give it a three and a half out of five. I liked it. Didn't love it. Art was really solid. Uh, Stuart Immerman and Wade Von Grauberger. Badger? Badger. Bad, yep. Badger. Did a great like job. Like I said, very unfortunate. Um, the action scenes are easy to follow. Not the most exciting action happening in this book. That's just how it's written. But the art is really solid throughout. Not perfect, really solid. So three and a half out of five. Pretty good. Not great. Next up, new Superman number 14. Following Shanghai under siege, it says. Because it is. Uh, written by Jin Long Yang. Uh, pencils by Billy Tan. Inks by Caro. Uh, color by Hi-Fi. No one has names anymore. Uh, this oh. cover is by Philip Tan and Elmer Santos. It's a neat cover. Scene doesn't happen in the book. Now. Of course not. Yeah, of course not. In the last issue, uh, Project Zero uh, was given a hel magic helmet by apparently I Ching, which gave him, like, like directly pumped sunlight into his head, which gave him superpower. Well, he was already Superman. Super superpowers. Right. And also made him evil. So he started calling himself Emperor Superman. Good old Emperor Superman. Yeah. Um, issue starts off with Emperor Superman giving a speech to the villains he had freed from the Chinese super prison. Saying, hey, you work for me. This is the start of the new Chinese empire. None shall stop us. And then he gets attacked by the Great Ten, which is Chinese China's premier superhero team. I don't know how heroic they are, but they're, there's ten of them and they're really tough. Like August General and Iron and guys like that. Cool names. So that starts off, and then it goes pretty quickly from that to New Superman, New Batman, New Flash, and Green Snake Wonder Woman, who's now a giant snake because previously uh, she got poisoned, if you'll recall, and she lost her human by form. The, by the turtle? Yeah, by the weird turtle guy. 
who yep. was given the doomsday serum, which turned her all, turned him crazy. Anyway, comics start getting really crazy. Start talking, well, this happened, and there was a giant turtle. And so it makes it sounds kind of weird, but it makes sense when half the time. Back, it made sense at the time. Anyway. So this issue, I think, does a really good job with a lot of things. Um, the art, I really like the pencils. It feels like the inks are off compared to the past issues. So everything looks a little weird. And sometimes it looks exactly like the last few issues, and then it looks a little off. And that just shows a strong case that inker can make. The lines you see in a comic book are not from the penciler. It's from the inker. So an inker can really change the context and mood of anything a penciler does. So if you have the same penciler on a book for a year and three different inkers, it's going to look three different ways. Because what you're seeing is what the inker gives you. There's a lot of reasons for that. So this inker is different than what it has been. And you can really feel it. Some things just feel off. Which hurt my joint of the book a little bit. It pre if I hadn't seen the previous issues, it wouldn't have. It just It's just a little bit off. It kind of bothers you. If it was a totally different art team... It would probably bother me less. It's just that uncanny valley. It's right there. It's just a little different. But the art is really solid. Everything's paced really well. It's clear and easy to follow. Uh, the colors are great. A lot of bright colors. Everything's easy to understand. It doesn't cheat colors to all blue palette, all purple palette. You know, it everything looks very clear all the time. There are, of course, dramatic darkening and lightening depending on the mood. Uh, does a great job with all that. But he does a really nice job balancing it throughout the whole issue, too. So, color is a big thumbs up. Pencils, thumbs up. Inks, like, eh, it's, they're not bad. They're just different. Right. So, uh, the writing, again, is really solid. You get a great idea of the character's feelings and emotions. The main superhero team of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, they're, they essentially, as Big Ten starts attacking Emperor Superman up on top of Shanghai Tower, the second tallest building in the world, um, they find out there's all these people are still trapped in there, civilians. And so they start trying to rescue the civilians. At first, it looks like Boxy, the new Batman, who had a big crush on New Wonder Woman, who turns out to be Green Snake from Chinese legend, a giant green snake who fell out, who took human form. It, it's like he's not really looking at her, doesn't want to talk to her, especially when she's in snake form. And you get the impression that maybe he's like just doesn't want to talk to her anymore. Like he's grossed out by her being a snake. That, that, that could put a hamper on a relationship. It could. Um, I mean, new Superman, Con Keenan, actually kind of goes over and was like, yeah, she's a snake. That's kind of gross, dude. I mean, you got to think for a snake. That's gross, dude. And it's like, that's a little, no, lay off it, dude. Come on. I, the, but then again, if you go back to like issue one and two, the guy's kind of a jerk. There's been a nice story arc of him becoming less of a jerk, but he's still kind of a jerk, you know? But there's actually a nice job walking that line. If he's still kind of a jerk, you know, he's, he's getting better. But he's still kind of a jerk. He's very likable nowadays, but he has some jerky moments there. You had to kind of remember, oh, remember how he was in issue one where he was like pushing around fat kids? Yeah. Um, so they end up going through and rescuing these people. Flash actually helps Green Snake start retaining her human form. Like, because she's stuck in full-on snake mode. Like, big giant snakes. Yep. Like, I can't turn human again. She speaks telepathically. It's like, okay, this is something the Flashes do when we lose our access to speed force, which happens to us way too often. <laughs> which I True. liked as a joke, because that does happen with the Flashes. Um, so, okay, just, like, hold her head and, like, okay, 
Think of things that make you happy, that bring give you joy inside. Things you love. She's like, well, you know, I, I love this and summers and rain and uh, my team. You know, starts mentioning and then before like like Kong and you and before she mentions Boxy, new Batman, she stops. She's turning more and more human. Uh, her bottom half is still Snake, and it's like and and Flash is trying to get her to say Boxy because they feel there's an electricity between them. There's a thing. They both had a thing for each other, and she's like uh, and she's looking at him in, and he won't even look at her. And she just can't bring a sight and says, and, and that's all we have time for for now. We, we need to, we need, I'm half human now. We can, we can go. It's like, ah. Oh. But later, as they go through rescuing people out of the building, they get attacked, you know, as they're going through, they almost everyone out of there. They get attacked by a supervillain who ends up almost hurting uh, Wonder Woman pretty bad with a big energy blast. Boxy knocks him out. And she's kind of hurt, and they're like, oh my gosh, no, what's wrong? And he's like, oh, now you're concerned to look. He's like, no, that's not it. And then he goes, he grabs, you know, new Wonder Woman as she's hurt and says, look, my sister just turned out to be a supervillain. The guy who I thought was just a rival in the Batman Academy is now the new Chinese version of Bane, and he's my sworn enemy trying to kill me. And now it turns out you have been lying to me as well. I just, I didn't know who I could trust. I was just hurt. And it's not, I'm not hurt because I find you repulsive. I'm hurt be, because you're everything to me. And it's like, oh, it's so sweet. And then, and then they end up, you know, kissing. And as they kiss, she turns back full human, you know, because they're able to admit their feelings. It was a nice, it was a really nice moment, which was kind of ruined. But at the time, you know, Conkina go, oh, she's half snake, gross. And putting his fingers in his mouth, it's like, all right, that's a little overboard. That was like a kind of a writing slip up, which is pretty rare, rare for Gene Lung Yang in the series. So that's why it stood out so much. It was just a little overboard to me. Um, but it was, in, but other than that, it was a real nice moment of them finally admitting out loud their feelings for each other, you know, and it bring, bringing her human again, which kind of goes to the story of Green Snake, where she became human through meditation, finding her, building her chi, and because of the the love for a human. So I thought it was neat. Um, and after that, they go, they rescue. Um, Conkeen is dad and dad and mom, who Emperor Superman had prisoner. And you also find out the I Ching, as we pretty much guessed, the evil I Ching is actually I Ching's shadow. So he was kind of divided into yin and yang, like we thought earlier. And so he's like doing an internal battle there as the super team attacks Emperor Superman up top. As the, the basically, Emperor Superman and the villains take have taken out the Great Tan by the time they get up there. Conkina runs up there, smacks Snoop in the head, pulls his sun helmet off his head, and says, look, I can't believe I felt sorry for you and let you go when I was supposed to bring you in. And this is what you do. You start, you turn, you turn emperors. What the hell's up with that? He's like, you're right. I did this. And you were weak. You let your human emotions play with you. We're not human. I'm not human. I was created a lab, and I will make you burn. He's just with his eye beams, and it hurts, but Snoop Newsman, Conkina fights through it, remembering how He's not by himself anymore. He's part of a whole, kind of the whole Ichi, the whole how he gets his powers through unlocking his chakras. It, it's the totality, the holistic whole he has to think of. And it starts, while he's getting blasty, he quickly thinks that of how he's part of a whole with all his team, all supporting, and even, you know, thinks how Kong and, it's not Kong, but Boxy and Wonder Woman were able to resolve their issues and how everything works. And he's able to actually finally able to activate his eye beams and blast, actually beats back Emperor Superman and blast him back. He's like, oh my gosh, I, I, how did I do that? I just, I could do this. And then he's like, but why do I feel so weak? 
And then all of a sudden you see that green blade go through the back of Emperor Superman. And it's a... Uh, and there's a voice saying, yeah, Kryptonite is always good at making Superman weak. But it's kind of pointless by itself. Unless, of course, it's a sword. And then you could use it to do what a sword does. Kill people. And then you see the person holding the sword is Deadshot from the Suicide Squad. And he's with Killer Croc and Harley Quinn. And he's like, and, and then Harley's like, well, you know, Puddin, our orders aren't just to kill one Superman. Sorry about this. And that's where it ends. Hey. I don't think his powers Why? can be by Kryptonite, but I guess they are. No, no, they shouldn't at all. Because they're not. Because he, he's not Kryptonian. He was infused with Kryptonian DNA, I guess, or something. That's how he, they gave him his powers originally. He has to unlock them differently, but I guess that's, I don't know. It's not fully explained. So I, but I didn't really like that too much. I also don't like shoehorning Harley Quinn into the issue. She does nothing. It's pointless for her to be there. They could have just had Deadshot by himself, and it would have been fine. But at least they didn't put the cover. Is, at least the cover isn't Harley Quinn with a sword and two dead Superman at her feet, which other, uh, other artists would have done. Lesser artists would have done that. Oh, Harley Quinn in this issue. First we draw a pair of boobs. And then we draw, there's Harley Quinn, you know. And thank God they didn't do that. And Harley Quinn sucks anyway. She does, I'm sorry. Get over it. Um, tell us how you really feel. She's a poor character. It's, she's, And every time they start trying to develop her character, it ruins what she was in the beginning. It doesn't make any sense. Her actions are completely nonsensical. She's insane like the Joker. No, she's not. She, Anyway, Harley bad. If you like Harley, you should feel All bad. Right. So, uh, with the with the horrible twist at the end of this thing, how did it go down in the star rating? I like the twist, except for the... You have to bring the Suicide Squad into it, and you have to have Harley Quinn there, of course. Killer Croc's cool. But what are they doing? Why are they there? Amanda Waller sent them, and you don't know why. To kill Superman, because I guess Amanda yeah. Waller wants to kill all Supermen now, I guess. Whatever. Um, that was kind of nonsensical, but really strong issue up to that point. I liked the relationship building. Some questions were answered. Not a super strong issue. Like I said, the art felt off. So again, another three and a half out of five. I still really liked the issue, but it's had a couple things that I didn't like, had some things I did like, but yeah, three and a half out of five. Good issue, not great. Four is great. Five is super awesome. And last, uh, Secret Empire number eight. Yay! Which also oh, has our special code word for our contest, which keeps moving. Whoa. Here it comes, here it comes. Ah, code word is Empire. That's your third code word. Four, the Legion of Myth, Foundry on Roundtable, online, team up. Third and third and final code third word. Follow the instructions word. to win. Instructions will be appearing at the end of this episode. So we're not going to talk about it right now. We'll talk about it later. But there's your password, which is now gone. Ooh, yep. look at that. So if you didn't get it, you have to rewind the video, kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. So Secret Empire number eight was written by Nick Spencer. Art by Daniel Acuna. Uh, additional art by Rod Reese, Sean Azaxi, and Java Tartaglia. Maybe it's Java. Tartaglia. I think Java. Uh, this cover is by Mark Brooks. It's a nice cover. That is a solid cover. And you got to put Rocket Raccoon in everything now. Very important. Very important. And Baby Groot. Even though that doesn't make any sense comic book-wise, he's now a baby because people like Baby Groot. All right. This is the best Secret Empire issue. Wow. Not the highest standard, but <laughs> I mean, that's like being the best-looking Oak Ridge boy. It really... 
<laughs> no one cares. <laughs> so, uh, Duncan Hyde says he enjoys the Chinese DC hero discussion too. Well, that's nice. All right. So, um, in this issue, many things. This is kind of like the turning point issue. Um, last issue at the very end, Sam Wilson put back on the Captain America suit and said, okay, we'll give us another shot. And he tells everyone, we can do this. We can fight back. We can all stand together. This is our Independence Day. Or something hey. like that. You know, it Basically, it's the, it's the heroic speech that turns everything around. Right. Um, he gets... What they figured out in Captain America that came out this month is that the individual fragments of the Cosmic Cube actually can warp reality. A little bit. A little tiny bit. Not in huge ways, like the Cosmic Cube can. Tony Stark figures this out by watching when young Spider-Man was going to kill Captain America uh, in accordance with the vision Ulysses the Inhuman had. And you know, Spidey had him, was about to throw him down on the rock, like you saw in the vision, and then he stops and said no and put him to the side. And so Tony went back and reviewed the, well, the holographic image of Tony Stark, went back and reviewed the footage of this and saw that in Captain America's hand, what was happening was a fragment of the cosmic cube. And it was glowing right when he was about to kill him, then he just changed his mind. So, to oh, change okay, the future, okay. Cap used a piece of the cosmic cube. And so Tony Stark Smart. was wait, Wait a minute, wait a minute. If he could do that, we could do that, because we still have a piece. Because at that point, they get, they had gotten another piece back. So, like, they could, and so, so he tested it by... It was his birthday. So he's like, I really want a birthday cake. I really wish I had a birthday cake. And then, like, one of the people they rescued from previously said, oh, hey, we were looking for... He's like, oh, you, you saved us here, you saved, and now we're at the death place. You saved us. He's like, yeah, sorry, we don't have a great record of keeping an installation for you. He's like, no, no, we want to thank you, because we'd be dead without you. And I'm a baker by trade. And my son actually grabbed this, and some of them actually keep it together until now. So, so we want to give you a birthday cake because we know it's your birthday. He went, he just had a big smile. I was like, it worked. Right, it works. And then he's like, they're like, do, do anything else? Well, I, he said, well, apparently what you want to do has to be like kind of altruistic or, or something, or there's very, it's not guaranteed. Like it can't do big things. And then you see like holographic Tony Stark out in the field. I wish I was a real boy, you know, because and it doesn't work. He's like, oh. So, in this, Captain America Sam Wilson, the idea he's going to take a piece of the Cosmic Cube, fly up to the shield that's surrounding the Earth, and use it to bust a hole in it. Or at least... <laughs> sounds, sounds great. Or at least weaken it enough so that when they coordinate attacks to the outside, they can bust a hole in it from the outside. Unfortunately, while flying up there, uh, Hydra shoots him down. Course. And they would they would defend the shield, right? I mean, yeah, sense. yeah. They shoot him down, and he goes falling, bloody and bleeding, and dying into the ocean, uh, where he uses the uh, cosmic cube to save his butt. And I don't want to be dead, so he's not dead. Meanwhile, at the same time that's happening, the outer forces have developed a new plan to blow up the shield. So they do everything they can to go through it, and right when it looks like it's supposed, he's like, "Oh, we're gonna do it. Oh, we're not. Oh no!" And then. Quasar wakes up finally, and she's like, no, I could do this. And she, last time she managed to get the shield down to 51%, but she's like, and she gets it down to 51 but she pushes through because she believes in herself because she heard a speech from Captain America and maybe the Cosmic Cube, who knows. And 
she's able to crack the shield with everyone's help. And they get through. At the same time that's happening, but earlier in the book, last issue, Doctor Strange had made a deal, had found a group called the Librarians, who are like some weird tree-looking entities, who have a spell that could remove the dark force surrounding New York City. And they're Sounds like, great. yeah, they're like, we have this spell for you, Sorcerer Supreme, but it will cost you. And it's like, dun, dun, dun. That's kind of where it ends for him. This year it picks up with our price, your brownstone. He's like, wait, what? The, you want the Sanctum Centaurum? Why? And they're like, have you seen Zillow? Do you know how much that property is worth? <laughs> they did not say that. They did. Oh, God. Which I started laughing because you expect some sinister, your soul, Doctor Strange. Or something like that. No, yeah. they don't care about the knowledge. They don't care about the books. They have all they that. They want prime real estate. They want prime <laughs> real estate because they said they're tired of people coming by and taking pictures and thinking that they're the librarian from Ghostbusters. Because they actually live under the New York Library. And they, they said, and he's like, what are you going to do with that? I said, oh, we'll probably subdivide it you know, into apartments. <laughs> so... And then later, you like you see Doctor Strange like with Cloak and Dagger and all of them, and they're like, you got the spell? I got the spell. What did it cost you? More than I can speak of. Because <laughs> 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 the truth is, like, we're, just think what we're saving you in, in, in property tax. You'll be happier in Brooklyn anyway. <laughs> but he goes and uses the spell to remove the Dark Force, and kind of like the arc, like said, oh, he's got to remove the spell, he's got to remove it, and then the spell doesn't work. And he's like, oh. You see the spell fail, he looks up, he's like, at least I get to keep my house. Yeah, there's that. Because, <laughs> hey, this spell didn't work. But, on that front, Maria Hill has been doing her crazy spy stuff in the background, because she's smart, and always is. She's not very nice most of the time, but smart. Uh, using information she got from Deadpool, she has located a hidden prisoner in the Hydra base. And when she gets in there, the guy turns to her, it's like some just some plain looking dude it's like oh mayor hill you're like oh crap because the mayor hill thing relates back to uh, i forget the name of the stupid series was when high when shield had used the cosmic cube to turn villains into normal people to live in like their mayberry town yeah yeah and this guy is still under that influence he's like oh my gosh these be- that they, these guys took me to prison. They've kept me here. I don't know what's going on. I just want to go back home to my town. It's like, I, I know, I know, I know. Then you see him pat his, pat his shoulder, and it's uh, Blacklash, the guy who actually could summon the Dark Force and have his Dark Force simulation. So Hydra was actually siphoning off his powers to build the Dark Force bubble over New York. And he's like, so, so you think you can get get me out of this, Mary Hill? It's your cock gun Chick, yeah, everything's going to be fine. And blows his brains out. Yeah, a little dark, but Bree Hill is a super spy, and they're not known for being nice. Um, and that's because it breaks the Dark Force bubble over Manhattan. Great. Yeah, it's not your silly little magic or heroic actions. No. It was no. a super psycho and be willing to shoot someone in the head. He was a super hey, villain. He was, so hell with but, him. Really? I mean, you, you, want a, you want a W? Well, you want to you know, throw up some good numbers in the win column? you gotta, you got to get your hands dirty. Yeah, she is definitely currently on that. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's willing to do what it takes to get it done. Sure, in a way, it's partially her fault for starting the whole that part of the problem. She didn't start the whole problem, but that part was hers. Um, um, at the same time, after they cracked the shield, the... Uh, 
the first thing the heroes do when they start the cosmic heroes start flying through the shield is immediately destroy all the Chitari eggs that were hidden on Earth that the Chitari kept sending wave after wave to get. They destroy all the eggs, the Chitari will stop coming for them. Because you can't really say, here's your eggs back to the Chitari, they're insane. They don't do that. So you have to destroy them all, then they'll stop coming. That's the first thing they do. And then it's like, alright, now we're going to fight. So that's the bulk of what happens. It's a big, thick book, too. Look at that. That is a big, thick comic book. How many pages is that? It's a lot of pages. Um, also, involved in this whole mess is, of course, all the silliness. That's a great scene right there. I'll show, show you that. Blow them brains out. Blam. Got to be willing to do it. Break that shield. Save the people. Anyway. Bam. I'm, I'm a fan of Maria Hill. I have been for a long time. Just because Maria Hill was a character who was made the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the intention to fail. And she didn't. She was actually able to stand up to the people who wanted to, her to fail and not. Of course, you can say, well, she has failed. She's been kicked out multiple times. But she always comes back. Like a yeah, bad they pandemic. always bring her back. They always bring her back of their own free will. Yep. Um, a couple things close out the book. One of them is Namor popping back up. Where'd he go? Where'd he, where'd he come from? Well, he came from Atlantis. Uh, Namor. I'm well, Namor. that's cute, but come on. Where's well, he been? He's been bad. Mostly. You'll recall that Namor was forced to surrender Atlantis' piece of the Cosmic Cube after Captain America and Evil Hydra went and blew up to their most sacred temples. Yep. And he said, eh, we could keep raining death on you, or you could just give me the suit. And so he was like, rrr, rrr, yes, well, we are our allies, something, rrr, rrr. right, and gave it to him. And they made Namor kneel, which, of course, at the time, I would say, that is so out of character for Namor. Yeah, but then again, Namor would do what he could to save Atlantis. He's proven that. Yeah, but he's always had a big ego on him. So yeah, it's almost I don't like, know if he actually prostrate himself. Yeah, that's usually the point where he summons the giant walking whale. And, and that's, you know, that's usually what happens at that point. It's never quite worked, but he always does it. So, well, a lot of times he was doing it, to, like, early on to get Sue Storm to love him. And really, what says I love you like when summoning a giant walking whale to crush New York City? Uh, so, uh, he shows back up and says, all right, things are where I expected them to be at this point. Uh, just Basically, Namor implies that this was part of his plan, which you got to love Namor for, because I like Namor. But he, uh, what is it? He says, that was merely part of the game. Now I stand on the verge of my greatest victory, just as I intended all along. Just as I can allow my, my, perhaps I should allow my guest to explain. When he pops out, he's holding that big bubble you saw. When he puts that down, out walks the Winter Soldier, who, Steve, hi, Captain America, thought was he had killed quite effectively. Um, but he's not dead. He's back. And he has a plan, which they will let you know later, apparently. Of course. And it ends with that weird dreamscape, which we're guessing is inside the Cosmic Cube. Where he sees a shining figure that looks like Sharon. Steve Rogers still exists. And it ends with him seeing Kovic. He, she says, everyone's gone. He's like, oh, Kovic. Yeah. So. There you go. Which I said all along is what's going on. And I was right. I've been right about everything in this book. Because it's highly predictable. Sad because it's awful. It's awful, but it's so predictable. Um, like that Kovic moment was not surprising. It was expected. It was just when you're getting to it. And this is the issue. This is the turning point issue 
So this is when you're going to get to it. This turning point issue should have come three issues ago. Or uh, eight issues ago. Anyway, this is is the best of the Secret Empire issues, and it's not very good. The writing's pretty solid, except for the plot and how it's paced. But there's some great dialogue in it. I'll I'll give them that. Like the, the scene with Doctor Doctor Strange and the librarians is hilarious. The uh, Sam Wilson speech, eh, it goes on a little long, but it's a nice, we can do this, we can stand up, Captain America, America, blah, blah, blah. It has some nice moments in it. And then you start getting all the heroes together. They're fighting back. It looks like they're finally going to take Captain America down, but he has most of the Cosmic Cube, so who knows. The art is, for a Secret Empire book, the art is great. Uh, Daniel Kuhn does most of the art in the book, and it's very solid. It's easy to understand. It's easy to read. You get these other artists, though, pop in. and they're... Like number two and number seven. Yeah, it's like, eh. Why are you here? Why yeah. are you breathing good air? Yeah. Yeah, the artist who we like to beat up because he, he has just, everything's muddled and dark. Actually, give the name. What is it? It is not on this page, or this one, or this one. Anyway, oh, there it is. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino. He's the one who just does the horrible, washed out, everything's. Anyway. But overall, the art's really good. It's paced really well. It's easy to understand. Uh, the coloring does a nice job of. It gets lighter as the book goes on, as things get more hopeful. Than... So it really does a great job pacing everything and putting it there. I don't like the overall storyline. It's just incredibly predictable. None of the characters... And bad. And bad. You have... I find some moments fun, and but nothing in here makes any of the characters likable at all. Even the heroes. I got nothing to latch on to say, oh yeah, I agree with you, or oh yeah, it's great. Except maybe holographic Tony Stark kind of, but he's kind of a... He starts off as such a jerk, being electronically drunk at everyone. Um... The new Ant-Man. Making uh, Ant-Man cry. Yeah, but the new Ant-Man, the... Or Giant-Man, I think he is. Uh, I forget his name. The Arab guy. He's pretty cool. He's like... Actually, I'll say him. He's like the only... Him and Kingpin are likable. <laughs> Maria Hill is likable. Everyone else is just kind of... Who cares? I mean, Captain Marvel hasn't been likable for about two years now. So... Ugh. Anyway. I don't recommend buying the book. It's the best of Secret Empire books, and I'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 5. It's an average oak book. Eh, it is what it is. And it's still the best of the bunch. It's a shame of a series. It's a shame of a book. It shouldn't exist. I don't know who he has... I don't know who Nick Spencer has incriminating pictures of to have pitched this and gotten it through. But it's awful. It's a mess. Marvel deserves to lose readers for it. If it has like the strongest ending of any comic book in history, I might recommend if they ever put out like a paperback compilation. But I don't think I can. Anyway, two and a half out of five. Serum Secret Empire number eight. Eh. Don't worry, number nine will be worse. It almost has to be. It's almost a yeah. guarantee. Unless number nine comes with an apology, you know. Aw. Which would be nice. A little apology letter from nice. Nick Spencer to, to the universe. Yeah, pretty much. And Marvel Comics. And uh, what's it? The Axel Alonso, the head of Marvel Publishing. All of them need to sign an apology letter. 
because it's really bad. Remember those characters you love? We don't. We're sorry. Love, Marvel. Uh, DC made a Chinese Superman. And it shows more love and caring and is more true to the character of Superman than Marvel actually writing Captain America. Just saying. So, if you want more Garthon, and with all the hope and love I bring, how could you not? You can find <laughs> Garthon on YouTube. Find Garthon's comic poll as part of the weekly live stream here, and with the team-ups of the Foundry Roundtable. No, I don't team with the Foundry Roundtable all the time. That team with me. That was you. But uh, was with our Star Trek Online Foundry team-ups with Heath, Heath and the Doc and Garthon, we've teamed up for the Foundry Roundtable twice now, so I guess that kind of counts. Also... Uh, you can check out Garthon's streams uh, Sunday at 9 p.m. Central, 10 Eastern, where I will be streaming Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. I'm still early in the content, so you can watch and laugh how, how low I am and why I haven't maxed out all my classes or anything. Catgirl craziness. Catgirl excitement. Well, she's a Makote, Keeper of the Moon. I don't like Keeper of the Sun. They're all like, oh, sunlight, woo, woo. And I'm like, the night time is the right time. <laughs> nice. That's an, that's an old Adam Sandler reference. When he, yep. was, when he was funny. Yes, when no. he was relevant. <laughs> when he was relevant and funny. Neither of those things are true anymore. So, those things exist. on to the RNG, where I think we're talking about something. We are. The Legion of Myth and Foundry Roundtable Star Trek Online Giveaway Contest! Yay! Got mixed logos yes, there. This is, a, this is a really, really fun contest. Uh, today, uh, you got the third keyword, which uh, which came up on the screen earlier. You have to watch the Legion of Myth team up number 83. And if you just watched the uh, the Foundry Roundtable Twitch, Twitch stream that happened, oh, three, four hours ago, then you'd have, you'd have uh, the second keyword. When you get all three keywords from all three videos, then you follow the instructions, which is uh, go to go go to YouTube, uh, direct message Legion Myth, or go to legionmyth at gmail.com. Uh, mail your uh, mail the three keywords and your and your in uh, in game handle, and if you win, you will win prizes. And what are the prizes, Garthon? I don't remember all the prizes. There are too many oh, of them. There's too many. Well, let's let's see them. Let's see them. Let's go. That's, that's more rules. One contest for per contestant. Subsequent submissions will not be accepted or considered. Ladies and stakeholders and founder roundtable presenters are not eligible to participate in this contest. Boo. The contest will end on 31 August 2017 at 11.59 p.m. Eastern or when 10 winners have been identified, whichever comes first. All unclaimed prizes at the end of the contest will be forfeit and we get to keep some. Yay! So, yeah, we like that part. But please, claim the prizes. Have some fun. If you don't play Star Trek Online, play it, get some prizes, have some fun. To enter the contestants, need to have a valid Star Trek Online account. No cash value for prizes will be awarded. Contestants are to identify three code words, one code for each of the following Twitch live stream broadcasts, which we already talked about. Legion of the Team of episode 83, yep. Legion of the Weekly live stream 24, and Foundry Roundtable episode 172. We already talked about that. Submissions, there are three words, one for each of those. Let us know, either through YouTube direct missions, I said that word, yeah. direct message, at youtube.com slash c slash legion of myth underscore page slash about or an email to legion of myth at gmail.com incomplete Both messages messages sent by another medium or messages posted publicly will not be accepted or considered and we will laugh at you um yes. all you need to do is either put is just put an email you can put it in the header you can put it in the text 
Just the, th the three words. That's all you need, and we will contact and, you. And your online handle for Star Trek, Star Trek Online. So Yeah, that would help. But uh, let's let's look at the prizes now. All right. Uh, there's like, like I said, there are 10 prizes. Uh, six through 10 places, the same prize. It's one Master Key, which a lot of people love because those things are a hell of a lot of money. They are, and um, they yeah. offer possibilities and hope. Yes, the possibilities of opening a box and winning a tier six ship. What? Oh, yes. It's not going to happen. It might happen. It won't, but it it's not could. Gonna it's not going to happen. And if it, <laughs> but remember, if it does happen, you know who to thank for it. These guys right here. That's right. And the Foundry and Roundtable. That's right. Foundry Roundtable as well. Now, if you're lucky enough to be in the fifth or fourth place, not only do you get a master key, but you also get a tier five cross faction ship. So no matter what, what character you cling on, or Romulan or Fed, you can use this ship. And I purposefully chose ship that uh, chose ships that people don't usually get, but they should because they have lots of flavor. They look really cool. Try them out, is or the, you uh, can sell them. Yeah, you can sell them. Whatever. Did you get the APU cruiser? Is that the one? That's one of them. Yeah, the that, a, AP, APU well, that is cruiser. That's an excellent ship, actually. A really, really excellent ship. Please. Continue. And if you're in, yeah, if you're in third place, not only do you get a key and a and a tier five ship, but you also get a one universal console. Again, cross faction, so. Can use it all day long on any of your characters. Very cool. And second prize is all of that plus an epic Mark 14 kit module. Woo! Yeah, I, I spent I spent uh, good dilithium getting this thing. I didn't spend that. It was in a, it was in a free weekend. So. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are the lucky first place winner, you get all of that plus a Legion of Myth coffee bug. And how, how could just think of all the possibilities you have with that? You cannot only use it for coffee. Other yeah, drinks can be put in it, or even solids, as I've heard. Yes, yes. Pencils, pens, whatever. You can I, do it. Ice cream, that's in between a liquid and a solid. There you go. Can be done. Now, to, to get the physical prize, you have to give your address. If you don't want to give your address, then you don't have to get the prize. That's fine. It's up to you. If you don't want it, maybe we'll ask second place if they want it. Then it'll be like their first. So. So. But those are the prizes we are given out. I think they're pretty fabulous for a free contest that everyone could just hang out and have fun with. And I'm looking forward to all the submissions coming in, so don't be last. Be first. Oh, right, and and uh, Duncan Idaho says the Admiralty cards are really useful, especially for the, you know, for the, for, for the APU exactly. Cruiser. And oh, the, the APU Cruiser yeah, Admiralty card, card is really good. Yeah, I know, right? I use it all the time. Easy, yeah. yeah. All right, so after that, let's go to RNG. We're talking about random things going on. Yeah, my I've, random thing is I've been sick all day. That is too oh, bad. Man. Well, oh. um, wasn't really gonna talk about this because I didn't prepare slides, but I will talk about it. Something very, very important to me. Uh oh. I just finished playing through Hyrule Warriors on the Wii U. Okay. It's good. Um, are you familiar with the Dynasty Warrior series? No. Uh, the Dynasty Warrior series is by Koei Tecmo. Uh, basically, it's kind of like a one against one thousand type scenario. You play a ancient Chinese hero or villain, and sure. you basically run like, oh, attack the keep, and you run out there with your giant spear and your big weird flowy robes, and like hundreds of guys attack you, like the the hoi polloi, the common soldier, like, eh, and you just start wiping the floor with them. Ah, it's awesome. They're all flying back, they're dying using your awesome combos and stuff. It's like that, but done in Hyrule, so the world of Legend of Zelda. You play Zelda, play as Link, uh, a lot of the other sub-characters. And it basically plays a, like a Dynasty Warriors game. But it's neat in that it also incorporates all those sub-weapons you expect 
from a Legend of Zelda game. The boomerang, the bombs, the arrow, uh, the sorry, the bow and arrow. Um, no ocarina, but all that stuff's in there. And you go through, you fight classic Zelda villains, Ganon and Ganondorf are in there, uh, Wizro, and it needs it pulls from old. You can tell specific what game it's pulling stuff from. Like Twilight Princess, or Skyward Sword, or Ocarina of Time. There's all these neat setups seen in a different way. It's a very interesting take on the series. Um, the Wii U is a dead system, as we all know. They stopped making it. But I wanted to bring this up in that there are so many fantastic games in this series I don't think are going to be brought to the Switch or the new consoles. And it'd be really a shame to miss out on this if you have the opportunity to play it. So if you have a Wii U you're not using it, you could pick the game up well, I'm about half what it cost new, so still I think about 30 bucks or so. But if you love that kind of 1 on 1,000 combat, it's fun, it's doable. The, the single-player campaign isn't insanely long. Uh, you actually do an arc as Link, or actually as the heroes, and you save Hyrule, and then you have to do an arc as Ganon and destroy Hyrule, and then a small arc again to save it back from where you just destroyed it. it it's <laughs> fun. Um, overall, a great game. Really enjoyed it. It didn't take me that long to beat... But I only just played the main storyline. The game has so many sub-features and all these additional modes and all these other things you could do and there's leveling. and It's such a huge game. And I heard it was good. It really is that good. And I just hope that it sees future life. And if you have a Wii U and you don't have it, go to your local friendly used game store and pick one up. Or GameStop. But I was trying to hit like the local friendly used game store. All right, I have to go for a second. My dog wants to go outside. All right, have fun with your dog. All right. Dog. So, um, now that he's gone, we can talk bad about him. Uh, Doug Kyle says he likes Dynasty Warriors. Uh, had a lot of fun. It's a low-stress fighting game. And if you have another console, Dynasty Warriors is a fun series. Yeah. Um, you can actually get Dynasty Warriors on your PC through Steam. Um, some of the older versions are real cheap. They go on sale all the time. It's a fun series. Uh, it actually does require some strategy, but it's overall it's a very fun series. Um, after that, I started up on the console, still on the Wii U, because I'm trying to play some old games, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions FE, which is a modern-style RPG, which is just like, it's very weird to describe, because it uses characters and elements from the Fire Emblem series, which is a really punishing strategy series where if you're playing a normal mode when a character dies it's gone forever and one unlucky crit and your favorite character will be dead forever that's just how it is uh-huh. it is a brutal tactical game the fire emblem series and because that's incredibly popular i love fire emblem the stories are good the characters are interesting but it can just get brutal hard sometimes that's why i usually lower the difficulty on that a little bit but tokyo mirage sessions fe F.E. for Fire Emblem, is an RPG where it's set in modern Tokyo and your characters end up kind of like going like a spirit realm type thing called an idol sphere and they kind of like spirit bond with characters from the Fire Emblem series who've kind of lost their memories so they gain their powers to like fuse together. So if a character fused like Krom who's a sword wielder, he's doing that. Really interesting series, looks really pretty. Weird plot in that it's all linked to like performance arts, like singers and dancers, and this evil entity are trying to get performa, which is like the magical energy generated by humans through their ability to 
perform the performing arts. It's just one of the most insane ideas. Like you're mixing kind of a very kind of a fluffy RPG idea with like Japanese idols and singing and stuff, and mixing it with just the brutal strategy of Fire Emblem and all those characters and all the multiple worlds they've built to a fun and interesting RPG. It's just I don't know what the audience is for that. I guess I am because I'm playing it and I'm having a great time. But most of the time, you're not going to get your hardcore strategy grognards in a game like this. But I guess maybe that's how they drag them in. So far, I'm not very far into the game, but it's been a lot of fun so far. The story's half insane, kind of like an anime series. Um, Imagine an anime series where singers and performers trying to become star idols, like on American Idol, um, also have to use their performing arts powers to transform into their fighting forms and save the world in an, uh, in an altered dimension. That's what's going on here. It's okay. insane, but it works somehow. Um, and it's just a really weird, neat game. I, it's one of those things I couldn't believe got made. It actually uses the hardware really well, like when you're in a dungeon or an idolosphere, idol they call it. You can look down at the Wii U pad. It has a screen on it. There's a map, and you can interact with stuff. And you get texts from other people, and they show up. Like, oh, I got a text. You have to look down and go to your pad and do your text there. So it uses the Wii hardware properly. So great game. Um, really interesting. But that's what I got for RNG. That's it? Nothing? That's it. That's All it. Right. Well, we, uh, we, we have a winner. Uh, first place winner in our contest already. Wow, excellent. It's good to hear. Yeah. Are we going to announce their name or are we going to keep it quiet for now? Well, if he wants us to. He's, <laughs> he's, he's on the live stream right now. now. Yes. <laughs> he is right now. Uh, yes, he is. And who is it? Is Realm Time 82. Congratulations to you, my friend. First place you. winner. Enjoy your coffee mug. Not just for coffee. Yes. You could put small animals in Anything it. Anything in it. That's right. You could... Also, put things on top of it if you turn it upside down. Use it as a stand. Yes, uh, you can use it as a mouse trap. You, you put a stick under it, and when the mouse comes, you pull the stick away, and it, cl- it goes down and traps the mouse. Uh, that's that's a value add right there. That's a value yep. add right there. I just can't. Boom. I can't believe it. Can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> if you tie a string to the handle and pull the string really taut, you could speak through it like a telephone. Yes, maybe. You might want a second mug for that. You'd have to buy that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to buy that on your own. Uh, there's real time eighty two in the chat. Congratulations. Here, I can't yeah, yeah, congrats. Yeah. Alright. So I think that's all we got for tonight. Do you anything else you would like to talk about real quick, Heathen Dog? Oh uh, well I'm gonna have to buy more Pepto. I went through a whole bottle today. So that's about it. Super. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you want more than that? If you do, you can follow us on Twitch, YouTube, look for Legion of Myth, go to Reddit. Look for Legion of Myth and Reddit on Facebook. Just type in Legion of Myth when you're on Facebook. We're there. Tweet us at Legion of Myth. Uh, you can join us on Discord, Facebook Messenger, or through our Steam community group. The Audio Versus Podcast can be found through SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. And some unfine ones, honestly. You can, if, you want to, <laughs> if you want to support us, you can always go through a Twitch streaming subscription at twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Through a Patreon subscription, patreon.com slash LegionMyth, Streamlabs donations, PayPal directly, paypal.me slash LegionMyth, or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash LegionMyth, where you can also get a mug. Just saying. 
Yes. Mouse pads too. Mouse Totes, pads. Totes. Hoodies. We will put our logo on anything and sell it to you. Anything. We don't care. We don't. We are not <laughs> proud. Other than hygiene products, we'll slap a logo on it. I don't care. So many jokes I will avoid. Uh, we'd like to thank our top subscribers, Hicks to a Six from Daisy, uh, through Patreon, at Hicks to a Six, Elgarian, and Sharon. Elgarian with Minnesota. Our top tiers through Strands for Boundhar, Urban Rob with Cool's Harem, Magical Cat Girl Fanboy, Spectral Fire, Cat Level 99 Cat Girl Armor Lover, and Human Dog. PayPal Allen 51 thank you everyone so much. We do appreciate it. You help keep us on the air and keep the bad jokes rolling, so it's really your fault. Thank you. As always, everyone. We thank you, all of our unit fans. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. Have a great day, everyone.